Just Man's the Podcast. What is up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode of Just Man's the Podcast. It's your host, Amanda. I'm so happy you guys are here. Today, I'm interviewing Helen Hall. I'm so excited about it because she's also known as Hush Up and Hustle on Instagram and is the founder of Blender Bombs. If you guys don't know what Blender Bombs are, they're all over my Instagram. You can go check them out, but also you guys will find out what they are in the episode, so keep on listening. The first time I heard of Blender Bombs was from another wellness blogger that I follow on Instagram, and I just loved the concept of having a superfood ball that was pre-rolled, pre-made, that I could just throw in a smoothie and cut so many corners in the kitchen because if you've made a smoothie where it's in-depth of nuts, seeds, superfoods, it's time-consuming. And the last thing we want in the morning is to spend 30 minutes making a smoothie and then having to rush out the door. So I loved the concept of having just something super convenient to throw in my smoothie in the morning and keep me full for hours. After seeing her products on Instagram, I actually heard her on the Skinny Confidentials podcast And I was like, okay, this girl, Helen, is major. I need to get her on my podcast. And I was right. She is such an incredible human being. And I just loved conversing and connecting with her. In the episode, we talk all things health and drinking in college, how Helen started her own business, meditation, social media, having a work-life balance, the Blender Bomb products, living an 80-20 lifestyle, working with your significant other, smoothie recipes, and so much more. Guys, we literally go all over the place in this episode and touch on so many things within wellness and health and all about blender bombs and living your best life. So this is absolutely one of my favorite episodes. And again, I just had such a good time talking with Helen. She just is such a down-to-earth human being and keeps it real. Definitely be sure to stay tuned in until the end of the episode because we're giving you guys a discount code for 20% off of all Blender Bombs products. I also wanted to let you guys know that Helen actually wrote two guest blog posts over on justmans.com. So you can head over there to find out how to make her chocolate cravings smoothie and also get a hint of what Helen's day in the life in terms of what she eats looks like. As always, please be sure to leave a rating and review as it really, really helps support my show and it just puts a smile on my face. I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Let's get into it. I have my bombs right here. I have your bombs as well. Yay. I love it. I have my coffee. I have my matcha. Look at us. We're just crushing it. Crushing Monday. If you guys can see us, we're both wearing hats too. Twinning. Here we are. Okay, so I want you to take me back to the college, Helen. The gain 30 pounds, partying, becoming a personal trainer. Take me back. I was crazy in college. Oh, my (laughs) gosh. Um, I went to the University of South Carolina, and I was a fashion major. So I did not learn anything. (laughs) But I just, I had, there was like 12 of us in our group of friends, and it was going out, you know, five, four or five nights a week. It was were involved in a sorority. I never, I only was drank. I never did drugs or anything like that. So I wasn't too, too crazy, but my body has this very bizarre thing where I do not 
throw up from drinking. Never in my life have I ever thrown up from drinking. Me neither. Me neither. It's the weirdest thing. And sometimes I'm like, out. I would feel better if I puked. Right. But I can't. No, see, I never got, I never got hungover ever. Oh, you didn't. Which is very dangerous. I don't oh, know. Oh, so what you it could was. just go, go, go. I'm I metabolize alcohol super well. Wow. Yeah, but I would black out. So instead of um, instead of you know throwing up, which when you drink, and I was. I didn't drink in high school. So I was like kind of learning my limits when I was in college. Gotcha. Now I don't obviously do that at all. But in college for those, the first three years, really, um, I was kind of learning how my body tolerated alcohol. So I would drink too much, especially with vodka. And then I would black out instead of throwing up. And I really, like when I say black out, I wouldn't remember anything. It was not good. It was horrible. That's so then the I learned that I'm feeling. not allowed to drink. I'm not allowed to drink vodka. So since college, I really haven't touched vodka. <laughs> but tequila is fine. Everything else is fine. Wine's fine. Just no, I'm not allowed to touch vodka. Vodka's I'm scary. super involved in my sorority. I did club lacrosse for a little bit. That didn't last long. And um, yeah, I was just, I was super involved. I was friends with a lot of different people. I had a ton of different friends. I was involved in Young Life. And then that's kind of how my college years went. Oh, I'm just reminiscing right now. The question really got to me. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever think that you were going to start your own business and be your own boss? No, I didn't know anything about business. Like, yeah. like that post that you're referring to, that's just the beginning of it. I didn't know what an LLC was. Didn't know what equity was. Didn't know what the CFO was. I didn't know what business was. Really, I didn't. I cheated my way through college because I tried to take as many online courses as possible. <laughs> so I would Google all the answers. Um, but I did learn social skills. I did, I learned more about myself than, than anything. So I did take, you know, I learned how to be self-sufficient. I learned how to make friends. I learned what I was interested in. And it was because of college that I had, because I wasn't tied down to um, studying all the time. I just learned more about myself. And that's kind of why I think I am the way I am today is because I do know myself very, very well. I can so resonate with going to college and partying and gaining that weight and just, you know, having fun. Obviously you look back on it or you're in it in the moment and you're kind of like, oh, you know, I, I don't feel great or I wish I looked better. But how important do you think it is to have those years and kind of get those party college years out and experience that? You know, I think for me, it was super important. It depends on the person. One of the girls on our team, Kayla, she, I was one of her young life mentors in college. Um, and although like, it's questionable whether I should have been a young life leader or not, um, <laughs> my heart was always good. And I, I think I'm a very good leader, but I just wasn't, that my lifestyle didn't add up to like my values, which is why it only lasted, you know, two or three years of me acting like that. And then I got it together because I realized it didn't resonate with me, but I yep. think it's important depending on the person for me, super important because otherwise I would probably be doing it later in life. I had to learn from my mistakes. <laughs> exactly. I think a lot of the question that I get though, is from, from young girls in college who are like, you know, I don't feel great. And I, and I'm socializing because that's all that's going on, but I really want to do this. And I really want to take care of myself and improve my health and improve my fitness. And they're kind of in a period where they're stuck. They feel stuck. What would you say to girls who you know, want to improve their health and fitness, but also want to have fun in college? I was watching this, literally the answer to this question on TikTok today. I was scrolling um, on my For You page and a guy was on there. He was, it was, you know, a 30 second TikTok. And he said, if you're having trouble um, sitting still, if you're always looking for something to do, if you have trouble not being busy, that's a trauma response. 
So you've got to figure out whatever it is to you, whatever you need to do or whatever that trauma is that's allowing you not to sit still and be by yourself and get to know yourself um, because it is a trauma response and trauma is different for different people. You know, trauma isn't necessarily something super painful that happened in your past, but it's the ability to not sit with yourself and like kind of reflect. So for people who are, you know, always socializing, but they don't feel, they don't feel good about themselves. Like I think that that might be a trauma response as well because you have pushed yourself to this point where um, you value socializing more than you value yourself. And it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to sit with yourself if you don't have, you haven't really done that before. It's so weird. Oh yeah. gosh. Do you meditate? I can't meditate, but I do breath work. So it's kind of. Same thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, meditation can be in the form of prayer. It can be in the form of journaling. It can be whatever it is, just sitting with yourself, I guess right. is a better word. Um, it's super uncomfortable. And I think that that's something in college where a lot of people are just go, go, go all the time or they could be hung over and they're not doing anything. That's not necessarily sitting with yourself because you're not in like a health, uh, healthy, safe space. But I think it's important for people to learn to sit with themselves in college and prioritize that equally as much as they prioritize like socializing or studying and all that sort of thing. Well, also like you were saying, cause I was, I was a DG. I went to um, Boulder and I was in a sorority for like five months. I was a DG for like five months. <laughs> but when I first got there, I was so fascinated by how you're with somebody 24 seven. Cause I've oh, yeah. always been, I mean, I'm an Aquarius. I've always been super independent and I love my alone time. But when I got to Boulder, I was like, wow, like these people just don't ever spend time by themselves. It's like, you're constantly surrounded by people. And while that's nice, sometimes you, you can lose yourself if you're susceptible oh, to totally. that. And that's what you and I were talking about right before we started recording. But one thing that I do, and I know you do this as well, is I rarely, very rarely ever scroll and look at other um, businesses or business owners necessarily or influencers just, just because I don't want to lose myself. I think, I think I'm really weird. and <laughs> I think I do things very abnormally, but it works for me and it works for our business and it works for our customers and it's not harmful to anyone. So like, why would I change it? And why would I ever compare myself to another business that's doing things differently and it's working for them? It's just not going to work for me. And I think you're touching on something that I always tell people, especially if they're trying to change something with their health and fitness is stay in your own fucking lane. Like it's mm -hmm. so important because what works for somebody isn't going to work for you. And I love that you do that with business because I feel like when it comes to business, people are so quick to be like, well, what is she doing? What are they doing? Because obviously it's successful, but it, again, you're right. Like that's not, everything's going to work for somebody and especially in business. Right. And I mean, I will take a call any day with someone who just wants, you know, five to 10 minutes of advice. I can give that all day, every day, but chances of someone executing that advice are very slim to none. And chances of that advice resonating with someone else is very slim to none because everyone does things differently based on what moves them. So for example, I mean, I'll probably get on at least one call a day with, with either another business or a follower or customer where they're trying to start their own business and they want some advice on how I've done it. And it's, it's just not going to be, it's not going to be the same when they do it because it's not, um, something that came from their heart. Exactly. That makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you ever find that you're slacking on pop culture knowledge because you don't scroll because my boyfriend gets so pissed at me. He <laughs> is literally like, you don't know about this that's going on. You don't know about that. I'm like, I just 
don't consume that much content and it's like, I, I no. feel bad, but at the same time, I'm like, I can't, I can't pay attention to that because it fucks with my creativity. If I brought Scott in here and he heard you ask me that question, he would laugh and walk out. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know who like Biggie Smalls was. I still Oh my is. God. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't, I didn't know Adele lost a ton of weight. I, I didn't either. Out. But I was it's like, so great, cool. good for you. Yeah. I just like, I'm the same. I don't spend any, I don't know how to turn on the TV. I've never turned on the TV myself ever, (laughs) except for to watch, um, Longmire on Netflix. That show has my heart and I haven't heard it. I haven't watched it yet. Oh, it's great. You'll get addicted, but it got, I had post TV show depression from both of those shows, (sighs) which is why I don't watch TV because a, I don't believe necessarily most of the stuff that's on the news. The media drives me crazy. It's so it's so overhyped. Um, but you know, being in Charleston, that, that show Southern Charm is filmed here. And a bunch of my friends are on that show and they'll even tell you like 99% of the drama on the show is made up, but saying you've got to have drama for people to watch, which is why the news is so dramatic. People anyway, Longmire and Outlander, you got to watch it. I will. I will. So let's talk about blunder bombs. How did that come into fruition? Yeah. Like I said, when I was in college, I gained 30 pounds. It was mostly just from lack of exercise and drinking more and then eating a lot of cheese and carbs combined. So that's really, and not sleeping. So all of that just compounded. I gained 30 pounds like this and I couldn't lose it. I was trying to exercise to lose weight and I was able to lose a little bit of it, but I would gain it back, lose it again, gain it back, lose it again. And it was a very toxic cycle with food. I was always trying to deprive myself of food or not eat or go whole day without eating. And at the time I didn't think that it was a, I didn't think that it was a, what's it called? When you, eating disorder. I didn't think it was an eating disorder. Yeah. I just had no idea because everyone around me was doing the exact same thing. Everyone around me was trying to lose weight. Well, especially when it's um, subtle like that, when it's not something that's presenting itself in the form of like binging or purging or something where it's more concrete of an eating disorder, it's hard to identify that. Yeah, yeah. So because everyone else was around me doing it, I just thought, mm, this is normal. I'm going to try and starve myself too, but it would never work. I was never able to successfully starve myself. <laughs> I, I was couldn't do it hungry. either. So then, no, it just, it didn't work. Um, so I changed my mindset about after two and two and a half years of that toxic um, fad culture, fad diet culture. And I started eating more whole foods. Um, I, I was talking to a doctor and I asked him why I was always hungry and like why I wasn't able to eat in a calorie deficit. And he was like, A, you're working out too much, but B, you're not getting enough nutrients. So of course mm. you're always going to be starving because your body's hungry. You're not feeding it. And then he gave me a list of, because I was vegetarian at the time. I still am vegetarian uh, for the most part, except for like twice a year. But he gave me a list of nuts and seeds to have, which com- when combined contain every essential amino acid and every essential fatty acid. And those are kind of what you need to like survive so if you're stranded on a desert island you want to get all those essential amino acids and fatty acids from various um, nuts and seeds so then I started putting all those nuts and seeds in my smoothie and after about a week I noticed that my cravings were lesser and lesser the more that I consumed the smoothie and I would add more fruits to it you know just make it like a very calorie dense smoothie so around 500 calories and then I wouldn't get hungry for another, you know, four to six hours. Um, then I would have a snack and then I would eat dinner and I would go to bed earlier rather than stay up so late um, drinking. And this was my senior year that I got to this point. And the weight just, you know, one, one pounds a week, basically I would lose. And so I was able to lose the last like 15 pounds in three and a half months. 
And then it that's awesome. where you had the idea with blender bombs and the nuts and seeds. Yeah. So I became a personal trainer um, shortly after college, after I dabbled in the corporate world, which didn't work. What did you and, get certified um, with? ACE. Okay. I just got NASM. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. See, yeah. if I had done it again, I would have done NASM. Um, but ACE did the job for me. And um, my clients just weren't losing weight because they didn't know how to eat, which is why I think it's super important for any personal trainer that you get to also kind of um, coach you or advise you on nutrition or send you off to a nutritionist or a registered dietitian who can kind of work with you through that. But at the end of the day, all diets are the same thing. Eat mostly whole foods. At the end of the day, there's not a single diet that doesn't preach that. So mm-hmm. that's kind of where what we'll talk about later is that 80-20 comes in, but I digress. So I started making the blender bombs for my clients. I rolled up all those nuts and seeds into a ball and gave it to them so they could make their smoothie because none of them were going to buy 10 different ingredients and put it in their smoothie every day. It takes too long. And that is how blender bombs was born. People just started wanting more and then friends of friends wanted them. And then I figured out how to make a Shopify website so people could order online and I would leave them outside my front door of my apartment complex. People would pick them up. I was like a a bomb dealer. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. How did you get the idea to just roll them up in a ball? Because it's such a simple idea that cuts so many corners in the process of making a smoothie. Like if anybody's ever made a smoothie, they know it takes takes a while if you want it to taste good. So how did you get the idea of just putting into a ball? I think because um, while I was, you know, going through the certification process to become a personal trainer, I was working at a juice bar and they had like these little oat and jiffy peanut butter and chocolate chip energy balls, which I would make every day. They were nasty. They tasted really good, but like the ingredients yeah. weren't very clean, you know? And then I started like playing around with different energy bites and the guy who owned this juice bar actually bought two of my recipes for him to sell in his juice bar and so I had like this energy bike concept in my head um and it, making the putting the ingredients in a ball was like the first thing that ever came to mind like there was no other option that that was just what it was it's what came to my head and there's a book called I think it's called big magic or mm. I think it is called big magic yeah. and it talks about how like all these ideas are coming into your head you know and those ideas are meant for you and you can either act on them in that moment or not and those ideas will fly to someone else's head so Mm. that idea flew to my head and I just acted on it so I think that's another reason why the business has been able to grow is because I do allow myself to have um, time with myself very often and that is when the ideas come to my head especially during like a meditation and I immediately act on those so like even right now during this podcast if I have an idea I would be like hey let's pause the podcast because like I gotta write this idea down and email it to myself and mark it as unread until I follow through with it right because if I don't follow through with it that idea will go to someone else I think that's so important because sometimes I'll I'll find myself on a walk and I'm like fully intending to be like okay I'm not gonna think about anything like I'm just gonna go on a walk and like really sit with my thoughts and then I find myself like writing 50 things down in my notes because I'm like an idea just came to me I have to get it out yeah you have to otherwise you'll forget it I think it's really cool that you talked about cravings and how your cravings went away with just transitioning to more nuts and seeds because being almost 35 weeks pregnant, I have had not, I've literally not had a craving yet. And I think it's, it has to do with, with the fact that like I've, I eat really nutrient dense whole foods. And I think that that's something that's so hard for people to kind of nip in the butt is cravings and they don't know where to start. So I think whole foods is, is such a good I never thought about that. I never thought that whole food just replacing that could really mitigate a lot of cravings. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Cause that's kind of what the downfall is of most people who are trying to lose weight is yes, you do have to be in a calorie deficit to lose weight, but when you are not, when you're getting to that calorie deficit by eating super low carb or keto or what are the other ones like the Atkins diet or Weight Watchers right. for an extended period of time, or just living off of protein powder shakes, you are not getting the proper balance of fat, fiber, protein, and carbs. The only way you can get that proper balance is by eating a whole food from the earth in its natural form. So even things like almond flour, almond flour is not a whole food. Yes, it's it's a great alternative and it's not going to aggravate you as much, but it's not necessarily a whole food because I forget what component of the almond they take out to create the flour, but it's some component. Um, it's just, it's a very universally accepted phenomenon. And it's not a phenomenon. It's how it should be. Just eat mostly whole food plant-based and you're not going to have cravings. Calorie rich foods, especially like nuts and seeds. I really want to talk about how you got fired because you talk about that in other (laughs) podcasts too. And I think it's something that my generation, you know, just getting out of college is super scared about, you know, they're scared to fail. They're scared to try something and then not succeed in it. And I think that I love that, you know, getting fired was kind of what propelled you to start your business. So can you talk a little bit about how you got fired and what that did for you? (laughs) Yes. So I was working for a corporate job and I was, you know, at a desk all day. I was on the phone all day. I had prompts in front of me that I had to read like word for word. I had to clock out to go to the bathroom. I cried every day during lunch to my boyfriend because I was so miserable. And I just knew with every inch in my body that this was not what I was meant to be doing, even though I, I never ever would have quit because I, I needed an, an income, you know, I needed to make some sort of money. And this was the job that accepted me. And I was like, I'm just going to work my way through this and, you know, fight my way to the top. And was it a fashion getting, company? No, no. It was like a okay. party insurance company, something that I, how did you I fall no into that? <laughs> right. A recruiting firm. And gotcha. they train you for uh, a month so that you kind of understand, but even going into it, I literally did not understand I'm glad I did it because I kind of learned some, but I still didn't know enough to ever be coaching someone on it. Right. (laughs) To be on the phone talking about it. I sure as hell didn't know enough. Anyway, so I was talking to this woman. She was yelling at me about something that the insurance company wouldn't cover. And I was like, you know, I don't have any say in this, but I was like, excuse me, ma'am, let me put you on a brief hold. I'll talk to my supervisor about this. So I put her on hold and I looked at my coworker who's right next to me. And I said, this woman's being such a bitch. (laughs) And then I got fired (laughs) because 30% of the calls get listened to. And I was, oh, she, I didn't have her on hold. That was what it was. I didn't have her on hold. So she heard me say that. And she was like, you just called me a bitch. You're like, no, I'm talking to somebody else. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I said. She knew that that was bullshit. She's like, whatever, (laughs) just like, please fix the problem. And we ended up fixing the problem, but. I told on myself because I felt so guilty and then they let me go. Yeah. Best thing that ever happened because that's when I got home and I started really digging into personal development. I binge watched Gilmore Girls the whole season or my all favorite. the season. It's my favorite. Yeah. Love it. And then I started doing the personal development stuff, reading books, listening to podcasts, spending a lot of time with myself. And I was like spending all my time researching nutrition and exercise. So that is when I decided to try becoming a personal trainer, which I shortly realized after becoming a personal trainer that I did not like being a personal trainer. What were you training? I started, I started off uh, teaching, you know, one-on-one clients or, or group fitness classes 
either outside in a park or inside at a gym. And then I got a job at Hilo Fitness in Mount Pleasant, which is an awesome studio. And I was with them before they even opened. And at first I was going to teach high intensity. And then I learned that I'm not a high intensity person. So then I decided to, then I transitioned into like a high, like a higher intensity, lower intensity class. So kind of like a higher intensity Zumba-ish type of class Mm. you can think of that didn't resonate with me either so then I started teaching like bar didn't resonate with me (laughs) then I started teaching yoga like um, hot yoga didn't resonate with me slow yoga that resonated with me and then I started teaching meditation and that really resonated with me in the deep stretch wow and that's kind of when I decided to try out um just not even doing a lot of high intensity like can I I had a, a body that I liked and I felt comfortable in and I never thought about food. I just, you know, ate what I wanted. That was mostly whole foods and the other 20% of whatever I ate, I didn't even think twice about no field, no food guilt, but I still was always forcing myself to work out. And then when I fell in love with meditation, I was like, hmm, let me just try not doing these exercises that I don't enjoy and only start doing, you know, slow intensity, long walks, meditation and nothing changed. Like my, my body didn't change. It stayed the exact same. I, the reason I did wanted to do those high intensity workouts because I was, had fear of like losing muscle or fear of gaining weight, but I never did gain the weight. I bet it's because you're not work out that dropped. hard. Yeah. I totally. bet it's because your stress was just not as high anymore. You didn't feel the stress to, you know, do high intensity. You were, you were very connected with the way that you felt and the way that you wanted to exercise and that works for you. Totally. And I, I would challenge anyone out there who does not like exercising to not force yourself to do an exercise that doesn't bring you joy. Like you should leave, you should leave an exercise feeling so happy. And like, even when you're doing the exercise, you should be looking forward to the next move. You shouldn't be counting down the the, the minutes to, to not work out. And that's a concept I didn't understand because as a personal trainer, I'm just constantly counting down, counting down for my clients and for myself. And when I got out of, when I realized that I should enjoy every move or, you know, at least 80% of the moves that I'm doing, I decided, you know what? High intensity is definitely not for me. (laughs) No. And it changes your life because it's so much more sustainable when you find that thing that brings you joy. It really is. Yes. Majority of your day should be spent doing things that bring you joy. That should involve work. It shouldn't involve who you're hanging out with where you're going, where you're walking, what you're eating, what you're watching, like everything, not everything, because that's not realistic, but majority of everything should always be bringing you joy. And it should not be something that you dread. Right. Especially the things that you can control. Yeah. That's why I go with the 80%. (laughs) Yeah. I want to talk blender bombs a little bit more. So I think what's so cool about your business and what drew me to it is that it's totally a brand. Like it's not even just a business. It is a brand. So I want to talk about how you kind of had the vision for it. Like the whole 80-20 lifestyle, replacing one day or one meal a day with smoothies. Talk about your vision for it and how you kind of made that a reality. Yeah. So like I said, you know, when I was a personal trainer, I noticed that my clients did not have control of their food in the way that, that they would need to help them move the needle on losing weight. And so that's when I created the, that's when I turned the nuts and seeds into a blender bomb. Right. So then when I started selling the blender bombs, I realized, okay, here's one meal a day that people can do. 
that they know is going to be healthy and they know is going to make them feel good. But what about the rest of the day? And that's when I kind of um, found myself talking about this 80-20 lifestyle a lot. And I decided to just kind of run with it because it had been working. I was getting a lot of feedback from clients using the blender bombs that they also started incorporating an 80-20 lifestyle. And I'll, I'll explain what that is in just a minute. But um, I think that was my inspiration for branding this whole 80-20 thing, which we do own the trademark for 80-20 plant-based lifestyle in the 80-20 <laughs> market. Um, but 80-20 has been around forever in every aspect. I mean, if you look at the USPTO office, which is the trademark office, 80-20 is trademarked in almost every division, mm. gas stations, law offices, um, education platforms, like 80-20 can go so far. Mm. Um, and the way that I explain it is, if think about your time, a seven day period, like a week long period, if 80% of what you consume in that week is whole food plant-based, then you're good, you know? Just make that your goal. And if some weeks it's 70, some weeks it's 90, some weeks it's 100, some weeks it's 30, like on Thanksgiving or whatever, then so be it. Just most of the time, most of the year, try and make sure that you're eating at least 80% whole food plant-based throughout the week. And that, as I started talking about 80-20 with food, it clicked that it made sense in every aspect. So getting a great night's of sleep 80% of the week, um, because obviously, you know, maybe one or two nights a week, you're going to stay out late with your friends and you're going to be drinking, which automatically inhibits your quality of sleep. And when you have alcohol, what, whether you believe it or not, like it does affect your sleep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so 80% of the week, you're moving your body in a way that brings you joy. And 20% of the week, you're being lazy. 80% of the week, you're I'm spending time by yourself and 20% of the week you're spending time with like family and friends and 80% of the week you are making your bed in the morning because that's one thing you want to check off but 20% of the week you aren't because when you hold yourself to doing anything at a 100% pace like you mentioned earlier your cortisol levels are going to rise you're going to be stressed you're going to be disappointed because you're not reaching that 100% and so 80-20 is this mantra that we use for life. And that's why we sell the blender bombs in packs of 10 instead of packs of 14, because we want people to try and drink that smoothie five days a week instead of seven days a week. So that no one has this like toxic idea that they have to do everything at hundred percent. I love that. And it goes back to what we were talking about too, how nine, none of us were good at starving ourselves because yeah. you can't deprive yourself. Otherwise you're just yeah. going to go to the other extreme, which is just obsessing and eating in excess. So I love, I love the 80, 20 lifestyle. And I love also that you say, you know, it could be 70, 30, it could be 80 or no, that's 80, 20. It could be 70, 30. It could be 40, 60. <laughs> 90, it could 10. be 90, 10. It could be whatever you, you want it to be in the moment. And I think when you allow yourself that flexibility within your day-to-day -day life, it becomes so much easier to let the weight fall off, get more in touch with yourself and be happier. Yeah, absolutely. It all leads to happiness. When you, when you lead, it kind of leads into that intuitive eating concept where, um, I mean, I say 80-20, but I'm not sitting there, you know, writing down everything I eat in a day, making sure 80% yeah. of it is whole food plant-based. You know, right. I'm not, I've never, ever done that. Like, right. I don't even own a scale. But it's that concept of having an intention to add more whole foods into your, into your um, diet. So last night, Scott and I got pizza, and I ordered a salad, and my pizza had, like, figs, and it had vegan cheese on it, but it also had some real cheese on it. Um, but I put the salad on top of the pizza just to like try and fill myself up with some greens at the same time, you know? And so it's, 
it's little things like that where you're intentionally adding more whole foods into onto your plate. What would you say to people who are scared to maybe eat that way in a social setting with other people? Because I remember when I started to eat more healthy and get more not regimented or disciplined with it, but just get to a point where I was like, this is the way that I eat that makes me feel good and I'm going to stick to it. I remember when I did that, people were like, you're, you're getting gluten-free, you're getting dairy-free. Like, why are you doing that? Like you get a lot of judgment for it. So what would you say to people who are scared to even try and start improving that because of the judgment? That's so funny that you bring that up because that is a part of my transition that I have completely blocked out of my memory but it absolutely happens. It yeah. is so real. Yeah. I got so much shit from friends for trying to eat healthier. I don't anymore because they know that's like, who ain't no budging me now, but right. <laughs> I got so much shit and it was so frustrating and disappointing. I mean, God, how did I handle it? I think, I mean, I ignored them. I ignored yeah. it completely and I just kind of laughed it off or I would make fun of them right back. If I would mimic them if they made fun of me, things like that. But I also know that most people won't have the confidence to kind of do that a lot of people don't have the confidence to like stand up to their friends or stand up for themselves but man maybe even just like (laughs) avoiding spending time with those people yeah or eating before you go out but yeah I tried that that didn't work for me either I would always end up eating twice (laughs) I know I know you get food envy (laughs) yeah just either texting them before and knowing what you're going to eat before you go in there and like telling them what you're going to eat before you go in there or what we talked about earlier, you know, spending more time with yourself so you can develop that confidence to like stand firm in your, in your wants and your desires and not let, not be influenced by other people. Yeah. I'm just not going with them. Exactly. You have, I think you have to just get to a point where you prioritize yourself. And at the end of the day, like if you prioritize yourself, you're going to be happier and you're going to treat people better. And then other people are going to feed off of that happiness. So it's just a win-win. Yeah. And that's a really hard question because that, that is something that takes time. I mean, I really had blocked that out of my memory, but now I think back and all my friends would make fun of me. And I think for the first few months that I started eating healthier, I would cave and I would be like, okay, fine. I'll eat like that just so you can feel better about yourself. But um, eventually I got over it and I was like, no, no, I'm not going to sacrifice myself so that you can feel less bad about yourself. Right. We went to the mountains last weekend and we went by um, Food Lion on the way up there. And my, you know, my cart was like 90% whole foods. And as I'm checking out the little girl um, behind the counter at little girl, she's probably like 18. But she was (laughs) checking me out and she was like, God, you eat really healthy. Like you're making me feel very self-conscious and bad about myself, you know? And so that's the type of mindset that a lot of my friends used to have when I started eating healthier. It's, It's because me eating a certain way made them feel self-conscious about their themselves and they projected that on me which is not fair to do to anyone ever but you just have to realize like that's that's them projecting their own insecurities exactly I think I think what you just said was perfect because at the end of the day it says way more about that person than you and and honestly the only advice that I could give is just be like don't take it so personally because again it is their insecurity it's not it's nothing with you yeah, and you can like even encourage them and be like, "You want to eat this with me?" Or like, "Yeah, it's super easy to eat this way. Like, it, it's really filling. It's actually delicious. I think I crave it now. You know, right. and not ma- trying not to make anyone feel bad or less than about themselves, but also staying firm with your beliefs and desires." 
I want to talk about your packaging and marketing and just like the overall aesthetic of Blender Bombs because it's literally like one of the best that I've, I've ever seen. I love I'm it. It's so, so it's like so aesthetically pleasing because it's, it's colorful, but it's still simple and like minimal. I, I just, I would love to know like how you went about curating that. Yeah. So we did about, um, thank you for saying that. First of all, our packaging designer is colorblind, which is hilarious. It's a fun fact. No way. Dan. Yeah. He rocks. That's he spent awesome. half a year in Hawaii, which is why he um he gets his inspo from Hawaii. But um it's also funny because we're gonna we'll always keep a blender bombs box looking like this, but you know, the bomb butter and the granola and the bomb drizzle, we're gonna make look more like the blender bombs boxes because right now they're just they kinda don't look alike, but they're all bright colors, so it works and they all have the same logo, so it works. But anyway, I started off um selling blender bombs in, in a brown box then I switched to a rice paper bag and I just stuck a label on it but that was really fun because we did we did a we ran a contest with my Instagram followers um to see who could create a label and whoever created a label that we that won we gave them like a hundred dollar gift card or something and then everyone who like the finalists would get a fifty dollar gift card and we had maybe 30 people submit their labels and that's how we came up with the um, original label because blender bombs used to be called hush up and hustle blender bombs at the beginning and then eventually as blender bombs started to grow we separated two brands and now hush up and hustle is just like my marketing platform and then blender bombs is the product and the, the products brands but eventually after about six months uh i met a girl at lululemon who said they have someone who does packaging and i looked at his website and it was fire so he was a freelancer i talked to him on the phone and he created the blender bombs thing in like two weeks. It was phenomenal. And we were choosing between this design and another design. And I liked the other design, but Scott liked this design. And then we ran a quiz on or poll on Instagram. And most people voted for the other design. But Scott was like super adamant about going with this one. And he was right. Oh my goodness. And we went with that one. Yeah, we do. We do so much through polls. Like we get our customer feedback on every decision we make not saying that we always listen to the customer feedback we always like end up going with our our own intuition but we do like their feedback because they're the best and they're the customers I mean it, yeah it's so smart because it's at the end of the day that's who you're making the product for it's like they're the consumer and you want yeah. them to really like it yeah so when we consider launching a new product we ask their opinion on the flavors and the ingredients first and um we listen to them on that because that's not necessarily an opinion question. That's more like a factual question. Right. <laughs> like, do you want this ingredient in there or do you want this ingredient? But it's been fun kind of talking with our customers because it also makes me feel very close to them and makes them feel invested in the brand because the products are for me to consume, but also for them, you know? So I want, I want you to talk about Scott. That's your boyfriend. He's my fiance now. Oh my gosh, congrats. Yeah, February. We got engaged in Mexico. Oh my God, I love it. That's awesome. No weddings anytime soon. <laughs> that, that's okay. Long engagements are fun. So talk about how you guys work together because I know that's kind of something that a lot of people are scared to do is work together because they just don't see it going good. So talk about how you guys make it work. Okay, so I really like working together, and Scott would never suggest it. <laughs> but, um, so I was working, I was doing Blender Bombs by myself for the first year, and I had an assistant, and she was awesome, but I 
and very creative and very impulsive and very kind of rash in a way. And so I, Scott's very level-headed and he is a, a risk averse and he always weighs the pros and the cons before making a decision. And he was an attorney um, at this time. He was working for a private practice and, you know, making good money, but not happy at all. And so I saw a complete change in his personality um, from going into private practice and like for, no, I guess he did it for almost a year, like nine months of being in private practice just made him kind of depressed. And he would light up with me talking about blender bombs and he would offer his advice and he would try to help. And I was like, you know what, like, let's just have you work with blender bombs. And it was back and forth for a few months because we weren't seriously, we were dating at the time, but we weren't, you know, engaged. And we had only been dating for probably a year and a half at this point, but you know, <laughs> even though he's a little risk averse, he took a risk and we made it happen. And I think us, I think us working together made our relationship stronger because it's like when you have a kid, you're going to, you're going to be fighting a lot. You're going to have a lot of things thrown your way. You're going to have to come together and work through the bullshit to make it work for your kid. And this blender bombs was like our, our baby. We fought a lot. We didn't fight a lot at first actually, but that's because it was just us two working together. But then when we started hiring employees and we had to, we had to take this leadership role for our employees, we started fighting a lot, um, kind of butting heads. And then we realized that we just work very differently because for someone who is so controlled and regimented to work with someone who's very impulsive and rash, it's not, it's not good for work. Um, so we work on completely different projects now. Um, he works upstairs. I work downstairs. We do a lot of meetings together, but we don't work on the same projects together. Mm. And that has been, that's been the best decision ever. I love working with him. I wouldn't have it any other way, to be honest. What tips would you give for people to separate personal and work life? Like, how do you make space for both? I was really bad at that. Um, Scott was really good at that. And it took a third party person, like one of my friends kind of explaining and sitting me down and being like, you are working too much. And um, this is going to take a total relationship because there's no you and Scott time. You're always, you know, while you're watching TV, you're on your computer, your phone doing emails. Like there's no you're not present with Scott. Um, and it took someone else explaining that to me for me to believe it. Because when Scott was telling me that, he would get mad and then I would just think, God, you're being an asshole and that, that sort of thing, you know? <laughs> I wouldn't believe him when he told me that because he he didn't have the bandwidth to tell me in a calm way because he was so frustrated. Right. And I just put my phone down at night for, you know, most nights of the week, some nights of the week when I really have a lot to do, I'll, I'll have to go in another room and work. But I put my phone down. I also am trying to learn how to cook because that's his love language is me learning how to cook and, um, or me cooking and quality time. That's his mm. only love languages. That's all he needs is like the gift of food is so important to him. Like me taking the time to make something because I would never cook if it, if he didn't want me to, I don't like cooking, but I'm learning to like it. That's so interesting that I you don't like really cooking. Like it. Well, that's that's probably why you created Blender Bomb because you're like, I need a shortcut. I need like something that's efficient and that I'm is. impatient. Yeah. And that's why we created the meal prep in Charleston. We have a, a meal prep company, a plant-based meal prep company. And I mean, I, I started those recipes and now we have like an actual chef finalizing the recipes and who's going to take over the meal prep. 
but I just don't like cooking. But I listened to I was listening to a Joe Rogan podcast I love the other him. day, and it was he's the best. I forget who he was interviewing. Um, hmm, was it? Oh no, I don't remember who it was. Anyway, but he was talking about how he had. Oh no, it was Tim Ferriss and Seth Godin. That's hmm. who it was. And Tim was like, "Hey, you have a collection of thousands of cookbooks. Why do you have a collection of thousands of cookbooks?" And he's like, because cooking is an art. It's, you can work your whole life to build a business and then you sell it one day and it takes you years, years to do so. But with cooking, you start a project and you, you have this challenge and it takes you an hour to cook. And at the end of it, you either fail or you succeed. Like the meal's either good or bad. And he said, that is to me so empowering because you can build up your confidence um, or you can, you know, fail, but just learn to get better. But at the end of the day, it's an hour, you fail or you, or you succeed. And so I'm trying to change my mindset about cooking to be that so that I can start looking at cooking as a challenge that I want to overcome. And right. that's why I didn't like cooking is because I wasn't good at it. Right. I was horrible at it. Well, it's, it's, it's totally an art. And I think it's a talent. My boyfriend's so good at it. His parent, his dad's a chef. They had a restaurant. Like he was kind of raised in it. I was more like my mom would give me like microwave chicken nuggets and applesauce, you know, like I was just like, give me food so I can like have energy and that's it. But survive. <laughs> exactly. But I totally agree with you. Like it's, it's such an art. And if, if more people can just like have the patience to sit down and do it, it's so rewarding. That's the, that was the difficult thing. I didn't have the patience and I didn't want to sit with myself for an hour with this food and like be Googling how to do stuff. I wanted to, I wanted to already know how to do it, but I learned a trick. And it's to put on a Netflix show or put on a podcast while you're cooking. So you're multitasking. You don't feel like you're wasting time. Yeah. You need something else going on for sure. Yeah. And once I feel like I get the hang of cooking, I'll probably, I'll probably want to do it in silence so that it can be, you know, 30 minutes to an hour of me time. But right now yeah. I have to spend 90% of me cooking, lo- looking at Google on how to do things. So <laughs> yeah. it's, it's not, I'm not really there yet. Baby steps, baby steps. Yeah. So I want to get more into the products because I've found a few things that are super interesting about your products. One, you use a lot of aloe vera, which I do not see in a lot of products. So what is the reasoning behind that? I've always struggled with skin issues my whole life and I've gotten rid of, gotten rid of most of it. Um, The only time when I break out now is if I like rub my forehead all over my animals or, (laughs) or I don't follow with, follow through with my, uh, my skin routine. But the aloe vera, it's, it allows your products to be a little bit moisturized, but it's also really good for skin and digestion. If you think about when you cut an aloe vera leaf in half and you see that gel, it's like the most beautiful thing. You kind of want to rub it all over your skin, right? So then when you ingest a little bit of it every day, you'll begin to notice a difference in um, both your digestion and your skin or your hair. And so that, we also, the aloe one, the box I have right here, there's aloe in the original one and there's aloe in the aloe and Irish sea moss one. And then we're getting ready to launch a vegan one that will have aloe in it as well. But the Irish sea moss we have in it too. And um, the Irish sea moss is supposed to be really good for your skin as well. Anything from the sea is good for your skin. How did you realize aloe vera was something that you wanted to incorporate? because I was just going down rabbit holes on the internet. This I, I knew about aloe before I even started making the blender bombs, but mm. I used to go to pub, or go to Whole Foods and buy the huge aloe vera leaves and I would cut off an inch and then I would take the skin off and just do- dollop the whole aloe um, 
tablespoon into my smoothie. Mm. And so that's kind of one of the reasons why I wanted to add aloe to the blender bomb. Obviously, I don't have a whole tablespoon worth of aloe in the blender bomb, right. but a little bit every day does add up. And then why was it so important to have your products be gluten and dairy free? Oh gosh, I just, less inflammation, you know, yeah. gluten doesn't necessarily bother me, but it does bother a, a ton of people. I can't so eat it. It's, it bothers me. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I know my, my sister's vegan and she eats like all of the wheat that she wants. And I just, I can't, yeah. it's, it's not even, it's not even like an immediate thing for me. It'll be like two days later. I'll notice it. Like I won't shit for two days or like, I won't be able to yeah. sleep or I'm puffy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So oh, I'm very glad I don't have that, but that is people like you and same thing with dairy. A lot of people can't have dairy. So um, we just wanted to get out as many possible inflammatory things as possible. And we also didn't want to add any filler ingredients in there, which is why we don't have oats. So oats obviously aren't bad. A lot of people eat oats, but they are a filler ingredient. And I think I had some like, some, <laughs> some PTSD from the other juice bar that I worked at and adding all the oats into the energy bites, because it's just something that, that it's a filler food, I guess you could yeah. say for an yeah. energy bite. And if right. you want to add oats, add oats to your smoothie. I love oats, but I totally, I know what you mean by PTSD. Cause if I eat oats more than like three times a week, I just get so exhausted of them and I get sick of them. Like I can't eat it. It's yeah. a lot. Yeah. It would definitely make the blender bombs way cheaper if we added oats to it, but I'm not going for a cheap product. You know, I want it to be the highest quality that it can be. What is the basic recipe for a blender bomb smoothie? It's chia seed, hemp seed, flaxseed, walnuts, pecans, dates, aloe, bee pollen, and a little bit of organic honey. And that, that is a blender bomb. I love yeah. that. Honestly, the blender bombs are all about 90 to 95% the exact same, but we'll just add in a little bit more ingredients to like change up the flavor a lot. Mm. But the flavors, they're not very strong because we didn't want to ever... Um, we're very specific about the blender bomb being the same. Otherwise it won't, we won't, we wouldn't be getting as many testimonials as we get. Right. We wouldn't be, we didn't want to compromise the product at all by adding right. too many ingredients. So it's just a little hint of flavor, but nothing crazy. And have I have, the bomb butter? I have tried the, the bomb butter. Okay. It's so great. What I love about it is like, this doesn't taste like any other product out there. It's not no. a, 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 do you eat it plain? So I tried it on toast the other day and yeah. I love it. No way. Yeah, it was good. I put it on toast I don't think and I, I put could ever eat it plain. Really? So I put it on toast with um banana. And it was good. Oh, that's good. But what okay. I like about it is is it tastes clean and I like that. I love a clean good. taste. But in the smoothies, it gives it this really nice smooth texture, which I'm obsessed with. Good. I love it in the smoothies. That's the only way I can have it. Yeah. But a lot of people do eat it plain. I don't know how or why. Just like a lot of people eat the blender bombs as snacks, but I, I do occasionally, but I prefer them in my smoothie. But the blender, I mean, the bomb butter is cool because it's half the calories and half the fat, but double the fiber of a regular nut butter. Mm. Um, and it has a lot of that aloe in it too. And the coconut cream too. What was the reasoning behind that? The taste. Yeah. Oh, coconut cream is like my favorite thing in the world. I love coconut and it's, cream. Yeah. You know, coconut, it's from the earth, so it's not bad, but it's so good. What is your favorite recipe for smoothies right now? Um, it used to be the peanut butter cacao one, which is on the back, back of the peanut butter box. But 
I since no longer have a chocolate craving. So now I do a cup of strawberries, one banana, one blender bomb, two tablespoons of bomb butter, a handful of spinach and water and ice. And mm. that is, that's my go-to. That, that sounds so good. And then good. I do the drizzle, the bomb drizzle on yes, it. Yes, I have really that good. right here. <laughs> this is so good too, because I'm obsessed with dates. Yeah, dates are the best. I love the drizzle. I like maple syrup too, but the drizzle is just a different flavor. So that's kind of nice. Right. Before we wrap it up, I want to talk a little bit about your philosophy and just kind of how you live your day to day. Are you a pretty structured and routine oriented person or are you more spontaneous? I am so spontaneous. I can't mm. do structure. Really? <laughs> I think that's why I was so averse to the corporate life. Yeah. Super, super, very spontaneous. I'm home for over the next two months. I'm probably home only eight days of the month. Like I'm gone the majority of the time. I'm not always, but like for the next two months, I do happen to be gone a lot. Um, I'm constantly sporadically checking emails throughout the day. I normally have like a few phone calls that I have to do every day. And um, I normally have like one, one or two sort of self-care activities that I have. So today I have to go to the chiropractor and I'm going to get a facial, like a 20 minute facial. I can express one. And then tomorrow. Oh, oh my God. I'm glad that I just remember this. I have a workout at one that I forgot about. <laughs> so I normally try to fit in. Uh, I try to fit in a little bit of me time each day, but otherwise I just work from home. Do you have me and my morning routine? So you, you stick to a morning routine? Yeah, kind of. It's, I wake up whenever I want to wake up, which is normally around eight o'clock. And then um, I meditate for 10 minutes and lately I've been trying to do silent meditation. So not guided meditation. That's mm. really hard for me. And then I, I'll cuddle my animals. <laughs> That's like the first thing I do. I take the dog on a walk and then I make some coffee or I'll go get some coffee somewhere. And then if I wake up early enough, I'll read for 20 to 30 minutes. Um, or I'll listen to a podcast while I uh, am drinking my coffee and then I'll check my emails and that's kind of how it goes. What are you reading at the moment? Um, let my people go surfing. It is so, so good. If anyone ever plans to start a business or if you ever in a leadership role of some sort, or if you just have time on your hands, please read this book. It's by the guy who started Patagonia. It is one of the best books I've ever read in my entire life. That and big magic and the magic of thinking big, the top three for sure. I've got to, I've got to read that. That sounds so interesting. Oh, it, you can't put it down. I got to get my hands on it. it (laughs) So do you have any tips for people for productivity? Uh, You will be very productive when you're doing something that you love. You Mm. won't need productivity tips when you're doing something you love, you know? Right. But if you're not doing something that you love, um, I like to break it up. You know, you'll see with coronavirus happening and everyone working from home, I think people and businesses have seen an increase in their employees' productivity levels, but that's because they can break it up. So they can work for 30, 45 minutes, and then they can do, go do laundry. Then they work for 30, 45 minutes, and they make a snack. Then they work 30, 45 minutes and go outside. That might be the productivity hack right there is get three times the amount of vitamin D that you think you need. Mm. You know, they say be outside for 15 minutes, but no, be outside for 45 minutes to an hour each day. Yeah. It's so important. Uh, vitamin D is like... That is something I've prioritized my whole life, and I'm very thankful for that. I think it's prevented me from ever being sick, too. I love that you said to find something that you love because then you'll never have to, you know, work on productivity because it's true. Like, 
just from graduating college and then working full-time on Just Man's, I'm like, I never find myself in a position where I have to motivate myself to sit down on the computer and think about content or whatever, because I truly love what I'm doing. And I think, I think it's so important for people to, like we've been saying this whole podcast is like, sit down with yourself and figure it out. Yeah. And it's like, you know, when you have kids, right now it's really hard for, especially in college, it's hard for you to get out of bed in the morning early. But when you have kids, you wake up at the crack of dawn to take care of your kids. You don't have a choice. You love those kids. You want to take care of them. It's like me, when I got a dog, I wake up. First thing I want to do is walk this dog. Like I want to relieve him of him having to be like, I don't want him in pain. You don't want your kids in pain. When you have a job that you love, you wake up ready to feed that job, ready to like give your energy to that job because you love it so much. And so when you find a position that you love, you don't need productivity tips. And then lastly, before we wrap it up, because my brand pillows are womanhood, wellness, and self-growth, can you share one tip or one way that you really work on self-growth or, you know, wellness for other people? Yeah. I mean, it's constantly listening to podcasts. I think, I think listening to other people's podcasts has really helped me because, um, and, and we talked about this on the phone. I mean, yeah, on the phone earlier, but reading a blog for a lot of people right now, this day and age when everything's go, 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 not as many people will sit down and read, but they will listen to a podcast. And on the reverse side of that, we talked about how we don't consume many other creators content um, because we don't want to compare ourselves or we don't want to take on anyone else's ideas or we don't want to be influenced by another creator's um, child or baby or concept view per se. But when you, when you listen to someone else's podcast, you either resonate with it or you don't. And if you resonate with it, you might want to try something out or, or you don't. It's just, it's really cool hearing other people's perspectives, I think. And you don't have to agree with everything, but it's just a cool, it's a cool platform. I love it. And you, like you said, you, you learn either way. You you learn whether you want to do something or you don't from a podcast. You learn what to do or what not to do. It's great. So where can people find you? They can find my, me personally. It's at Hush Up and Hustle on Instagram. And then the product is at Blender Bombs, plural, um, and on Instagram too. And then BlenderBombs.com. And if we want to give people listening to this um, podcast a discount code, we can do 20% off with the, the code JustMans. Love it. Awesome. Well, thank yeah. you so much, Helen. Thank you. You're the best. Bye, guys. Thanks. Feel free to reach out with any questions.